You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast and the Glebe Central Pub. Go visit the Glebe Central Pub in the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street and also check out the Sens Game Day Shuttle round trip for $17. Get your tickets to select games. GlebeCentralPub.com slash the online store. I'm Ross Levitan alongside the entire postcast crew. Brandon Piller is here. The Martian is here after a third straight Ottawa Senators loss. The Sens lose 3-2 on Long Island in a day that felt a lot heavier than just a 3-2 loss. Pilsy, I want to start with Eric Brandstrom. We're thinking of him. He was taken off in a stretcher in a second period collision with Cal Clutterbuck. I don't even I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't think it was malicious. It was a hard hit. And Eric Branstrom landed on his shoulder, stretchered off, and an update from the Senators. He is alert and moving all extremities at a hospital. We'll bring you more updates if and when they become available. Pilsy, that really kind of threw a wrench into the energy in the arena, and rightfully so. Yeah, I'm glad we started with this, Ross. Definitely thoughts and pray- uh, prayers to Eric Branstrom here as you said it. It wasn't a dirty hit. Uh, it was a hard hit. I mean, Eric Branson, smaller guy, like he tends to get kind of hit very hard in the corner in situations like that. It does happen to a guy like him, unfortunately. And the issue is he he kind of has a whiplash and hits his head on the ice there. And that's when things really get scary. And you notice right away, you know, when it's bad, when the players are quickly calling for a trainer and, uh, it's it's tough. That's that's the game of hockey, and you'll you'll notice too that no one went to fight Clutterbuck right away. Everyone's just like, "Damn, that's a hard hit that yeah. results in a bad fall." And we're really hoping all the best for Eric Branson right now. Yeah, definitely. Just obviously, her hoping for the best for Branson there. But like for me, like that hit. The only thing you could really say about it, I think, is maybe it was just a little bit late. I think that's the only thing you could really say. Maybe Branson didn't brace himself as as well as he probably could have in that situation but yeah i mean his head hitting the ice is kind of like one of those freak accidents where it definitely wasn't a malicious thing like like you said and um yeah it was tough to watch and you can see the sense players were obviously like pretty affected by that obviously that's their buddy out there and uh anytime the stretcher comes out that's a scary moment it certainly is so we're thinking about eric branstrom and his future immediately we know that he is moving his extremities talking alert so Good news for now as we recap a 3-2 Senators loss to the New York Islanders and Martian. The the game-winning goal, I mean, was kind of a microcosm of the game. The Sens have a ton of speed. They come up. They take either too long to shoot or, in this case, Tim Stutzla decides to pass way too late on a two-on-one. Misses Giroux. Play goes the other way. It's a a three-man rush. Trailer gets it. And Noah Dobson makes no mistake after having probably just as good, if not a better chance, Maybe five minutes earlier, the Corpus Allo was able to save. This time, Dobson makes no mistake, and that's ball game. Sends lose 3-2 in regulation. Yeah, that, that was a huge blast from Dobson, obviously. That was a rocket of a shot right there. But like you said, Tim Stutzla, like, that, probably not his best pass. And I think he, he maybe took a little bit too much time on that play, right? Like, he, he walked it in, and he got too close to make the shot himself. So, opted for that late pass. And then it was kind of a, a tough effort trying to get it back to the front at the, after that. But... Um, that's what happens. That was it. Was a little bit of a crapshoot there at that point of the game. It was like back and forth hockey. It was actually really fun to watch up until uh, up until the Islanders scoring. Yeah, you can't always say that about uh, an Islanders game where yeah. they rely so heavily, like they did tonight, on Ilya Sorokin. Sorkin, as Noodles was saying, I think it's Sorokin, but 
Uh, we'll I don't care what it is, but they have to decide on the same thing. They both were saying it different ways, and that was uh, messing with me, but whatever. 45 saves for Ilya Sorokin tonight. And ha- Pelzi, like, I'm almost speechless about the Sens power play because they've scored in four straight games, yet I have no confidence in them as they go one for eight tonight. Yeah, it's wild. And Ross, I really thought they had a huge opportunity when that parade of penalties was happening and they end up with a decent chunk of time, four on three. I really thought this is a team where four on three really helps them. Like you get a lot of space. They can use their speed to get around uh, the older, slower Islanders players, but they weren't able to capitalize here. But you know what? I, I got to say this time around, Ross, I tend to agree with you that the power play uh, frustrates me. But on this one, I'm going to tip my hat to Elias Sorokin. I mean, he made a lot of great saves, a lot of rebound chance saves. So that was one of those times where I was frustrated. They couldn't capitalize, but I did see some positives and it looked like at least they were able to cycle the puck and get the puck towards the net and create chaos there. But sometimes when you face one of the best goalies in the league, it's not much you can do there. Yeah, it's just that that one for eight stat just looks so damn. It looks bad, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. and I, I don't I don't disagree. Like the, the the power play looked pretty decent. Like they were getting chances. They just weren't burying the puck. And and I guess you can give credit to Sorokin on that. Um, but that's I feel like the power play is honestly the only time during this game where the Sens looked like they were playing as a team as well. Like yep. you know, like when they're on the power play, they've got their system. They know what they're doing. They're they're passing it around. They're moving the puck. They know where everyone needs to be. But right now, for me, at five-on-five, this team is very disjointed. A lot of guys playing as individuals, I feel like. It's really unfortunate. You look at not only eight power plays in this game, they had five against Buffalo, six against Detroit, and five against the Washington Capitals. That's an absurd amount of power plays over a four-game stretch. And they just did not take advantage and step on their opponent's throats when those are the situations they could have. There was that, and so many key power plays within. You think of a five on three in one of those games, the four on threes tonight, two separate occasions. I believe they got a goal. Their goal tonight, I believe, was on a four on three, right? Oh, was it on the four on three? Yeah, it was. Cause then I remember it was four on four after for an, a few more minutes. That was uh, that was the Claude Giroux goal uh, with Tim Stutzland oh. drawing assists on that one. Chicken. I was referring to the later four on three, but yeah, they could have got one earlier. Yeah. There were two four on threes in this game. Yeah. Gotcha. And so, I mean, even better if you take advantage of both. Uh, Martian, let's start at the top of this game. Bo Horvat scores two minutes and 41 seconds in. What's going through your head when that happens? I'm thinking not good here. I'm like, I've seen this movie too many times. You know, that's a tough start for the team. That's exactly what they didn't need. Um, a lot of off-ice stuff going on right now, obviously, surrounding this team. So getting off to a good start was kind of an important thing, I think, definitely for this for this game in particular, especially being on the road like that. Um, you don't want to give the crowd too much energy. So I, I, I was afraid. They just look sloppy, even after that goal. Their first power play was so bad, man. The only chance they got, Chickren blew up his stick. And yeah. then they get – so after the first seven minutes, this really frustrated me, and we're seeing a lot in the comments uh, – Stay tuned for postcast after dark tonight, by the way. But you look at in general, you can't have two penalties from your fourth line in the first seven minutes of a game. Like you just can't have it. And Mark Kaslik, I'm seeing a lot in the comments here is the guy who's just really struggled out of the gate. Felt like that was such a secure move to put him on the fourth line. He wins faceoffs. Yeah. He's tough. He fought Matt Martin today, threw a huge hit 
on Samuel Bull Duke behind the net that prompted that fight. But he's just like he's not hanging on to pucks. He's not like putting them in right areas, and and he's taking minor penalties as well. But what I will say is that I agree with you, Ross, and I I didn't love the uh, game from the fourth line, but they did have a really good shift that led to that Chikrin goal. Uh, Kelly with the screen in front, Chartier uh, was a big part of uh, making that play happen. So, you know, with their fourth line, you you hope they can stay out of penalty trouble when you're only getting, like, I don't know what, what those guys uh, got. I'm just looking at time on ice here. Like, they're you're looking... Casty had three minutes and 45 seconds time on ice. There was and a Kelly reason. with eight minutes. Yeah, like when you're getting that little ice time, well, no, he got benched. You can't be taking penalties. He got benched, and not only that, then he takes a fight, sits for five extra. But they had to shorten the bench, man, and and that's not something that uh, I mean in a game like this. It was I know fans don't want to hear it. Like this was Elias Sorokin beating the Ottawa Senators. Like he was he was ridiculous in this game, and I know it, it seems like a cop out. People want something to definitively get mad at and say this is why like how we could do better but yeah some nights are nights like this marsh and like uh, i mean they have 47 shots on goal ross yeah but i'm getting a little tired like it's so ironic it's the exact opposite from like the pesky sends days where they'd be on the ropes all game get out shot by 20 and somehow win three two now over the last number of games like they have dominated the shot clock on this three game losing streak it hasn't even been close They've had double-digit shot advantages in all three losses, and it's meant absolutely nothing. Now, is that the the Venn diagram? And you could probably put it somewhere in the middle where you outshoot a team by that much, but you have that many power plays, as we already discussed, over the last number of games, so there's opportunity, but they just haven't been able to score as often as need be. That's some profound information <laughs> in the last three games where the Senators haven't found a way to win. I mean... <laughs> They need to. They need to dig deep because I think Kara wrote in the comments. I pulled it up. Tells you, like, it's starting to feel a lot like last year. There were some close losses right off the bat. The game that comes to mind is in Tampa, the game where Matthew Joseph scored that 3-2, uh, 3-on-5 shorthanded goal. They lost that game late, but it was like, oh, we're almost there. But then it catapults into, like, a, a 2-3-4-5 game losing streak, and then they're out of it. Not there yet. But the same concerning trends are arising with poor D-zone coverage and not being able to bear down, to use Alex Dabrinkit's term, in scoring goals. And it's costing them. Yeah, I agree. It, it does look too much like last year. And that's the worst part because we had that big high last year as well with the home opener and then uh, four-game win streak on the home homestand and then... It started spiraling out of control there, and the off-ice stuff can't be helping the situation here. It's got to be making things worse, and this is tough because, like, the last three games, I'm not dogging the Sens for their effort. Like, the effort has been there, and you can see this is a team that's trying to get it going, but it's just not happening for them, and look... Like people in the chat, we're with you. Like we don't have excuses here. Like we're tired of seeing this. We're trying to figure out how we can talk about this team losing these games, a three-game losing streak, while trying to find reasons and explanations. Like, okay, they lost these games because of this. They need to change this. But it's pretty hard when you're out shooting opponents like that. The effort's there. And what was the issue in uh, the other two games before this one? Is hot start and then burning out. Well, in this game, they had a terrible start, 
but I thought they really picked it up uh, come the second period, Marshall. Yeah. And I thought like it looked like they were going to take control of this game. Yeah, I would say even halfway through the first period, they almost agreed. Yeah, you know, right? Like that's when I was like, okay, they got that power play, and they were looking good on that, and that kind of you know created a little momentum for them. But yeah, man, I, I don't really know. Like I don't know. They need some sort of wake up call. I don't know what it's going to be. So it's. It's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening. I mean, Martin, you more than anyone knows there could be some wake-up calls on the horizon. I mean, there there could be. Like, Pilsy, like, like this is the kind of start that is the opposite of what this team needs. And you don't think Michael Anlauer is sitting there thinking, like, what do we got to do here to, to not repeat history with the last season? Like, this is a new era of this team, and they, they shouldn't be doing the same things they did last year. You just you guys just rhymed off about four parallels between last yeah. season and this season. And that's the opposite of what you want. And then, you know, you mix in the, the off-ice debacles that are happening here with, you know, Shane Pinto and that unfortunate situation with him and, and being suspended for 41 games. It's like, that's just another thing that you can draw back to as a parallel to, like, the history of this team and what we're used to seeing as fans. And damn right, it's frustrating. And, and you know, there's a few constants here. And, and most of the constants that had been there in the past are gone now. I don't see any reason why, you know, turning the page shouldn't be a like a serious consideration, especially yeah. with the new regime in, in the mix here. Yeah, I want to know what people think in the chat. Let us know what the biggest issue, the first issue that you think would have the biggest impact if it's changed that wins will follow. Pilsy, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, like, where and when do you decide to stop the bleeding? Like the, this team is bleeding out right now. It feels like, like at what point do you say, okay, now is the time we got to stop this. Cause like if it was a lack of effort or if they're getting blown out uh, effort, uh, I already mentioned that, but if they're getting blown out in more statistical categories and it's obvious that this team is just not clicking, then sure. It's easy to make that decision, but it feels like they're on the cusp of it. They just can't get on the right side of the scoreboard. And they're going into the, the Dragon's Den, one of the rinks that has the worst memories in the National Hockey League, PP oh Jaints, PPG Paints Arena on Saturday night. The, the air horn's going to be in full force. And the memories of the last time the Ottawa Senators stepped foot on a playoff ice surface over six years ago. On the other side of the break, we've got Send Central standouts. And as much as the Eric Brandstrom situation looms large and it's all about his health, we've got an update from DJ Smith uh, right now as I pull up Twitter that he is going to stay overnight at the uh, hospital in New York. He will not accompany the team tonight to Pittsburgh, but that he is doing okay. So that's the update on Eric Brandstrom. But we know in hockey, injuries happen, and it's who's going to step up. So who's going to come up potentially for the Ottawa Senators? We'll have that discussion right after a word from our friends at the Glebe Central Pub. You know we love the Glebe Central Pub here on the Locked On Senators podcast. The Glebe Central Pub is the only exclusive um, local sponsor of the Locked On postcast. Because with the postcast, it's all about the vibes at Sens games. And they know all about it. They've got the Sens shuttle that goes to and from the Canadian Tire Center from the Glebe Central Pub, which, by the way, is at 779 Bank Street, right in the heart of the Glebe. For $17, you get a round trip, and why not just make a night out of it? Go to the bar before, get dinner, get drinks. It's such a great time. They drop you right back off. You can keep the party rolling right afterwards. So head to the Glebe Central Pub and check them out online, glebecentralpub.com, right in the heart of Glebe, 779 Bank Street. 
And we're also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Podcast, North America's number one sportsbook. Why would you go anywhere else? I don't know. They got the best app. It's safe, simple, secure, easy to use. And hey, maybe try to mix in a parlay once in a while. Speaking of which, I don't know, Pillsy's parlay, did that hit today? Cha-ching, yes, it did at plus 353 odds. I combined Barzell shots, Brady Kachuk shots now. It was three shots each, and they got exactly three shots each. Sometimes you have to be lucky to be good. And then up against the Islanders, you got to feel like the under is going to hit. I hate betting the under, but that's what I had to do. That's what got the parlay done, and you can do that as well. Heading to fanduel.com slash locked on and get going with your sports betting action. You can bet on NFL, MLB, NBA, and, of course, hockey. So, guys, check it out today. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast after a 3-2 Sens loss against the New York Islanders, a game Ottawa outshoots the opposition 47-38, but comes up with a big fat zero when it comes to all that matters, and that's points. The Senators are 0-2-0 on the road so far this season. Their next opportunity is Saturday against Pittsburgh. All right, fellas. Send central standouts in tonight's game. We put out, as we always do in our group chat, and we had an early jump, and it was Brandon Piller. Who do you have as the number one send central standout in tonight's game? This was an easy choice for me, and I kind of a uh, jumped the gun on calling a standout because uh, this is the guy I, I knew I wanted to talk about and represent for my send central standout brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub, and that's... Number six, Jacob Chikrin. I mean, he had a great game here. That goal was so nice, the way that he was able to do a nice little move around Anders Lee, and then he walks the line, and a good wrister from the circle, and he has the wherewithal to see Kelly is getting the screen in front, so he knows this is a great opportunity for me to get a shot towards the net here, and he beats Sorokin. That was one of his nine shots on goal for this game uh that's a high for the senators probably a high for the islanders as well let's quickly do a scan here yeah that's a game high in shots for jacob chicken that's not the only thing that was a game high for him 28 minutes and 12 seconds for chicken as well time on ice so this guy was a big part of uh, the hockey game tonight unfortunately it wasn't enough to get it done but i mean when you're looking at the the scoreboard in a 3-2 game chicken can say i had my man and it showed like that's one where he passed the eye test tonight. He was awesome. He was moving. He had his defensive structure. You know, he's feeling himself when he's reaching out with one hand on his stick, trying to break up the puck at all times. He's almost got it just continuously around his perimeter and, and causing havoc. And he did that tonight. What a shake shimmy. We mentioned it. The, the fourth line created down low and made that play possible on his goal, but he still had the little shake and bake at the blue line and then a feathered a perfect shot. And, um, Pilsy, your 20 goal prediction for Jacob Chikrin, knock on wood, have him stay healthy is looking pretty good. He's up to four yeah. goals so far this season. I feel like the Sens have to be near the top of the league at goals from the point. You look at Chikrin has had a few Jake Sanderson's had a few as well. Um, so I'd be curious to see where they stand in the league at, uh, at that 
kind of micro stat, but great call. Jacob Chikrin, uh, his best game of the season, I'd say. And that's saying something considering he had those two goals in the home opener. Uh, Martian, you jumped in right afterwards. Yeah, I did. And and you know who else had a, a goal from the point tonight? And that, that was my standout. And that's Claude Giroux on that four on three. I guess you could call it from the point. He was, he was a little maybe closer than what you would call the point, but he was the high man on that, on that PP there. So, um, Closure is going to be my standout there with that goal. He had, he had six shots on goal as well, um, including obviously that, that goal that he had. And then uh, I really liked his leadership tonight. You can kind of see it on the broadcast. They really brought him, you know, they spotlighted him after the second goal. And you can see him encouraging the other players and being very vocal as, as clearly as a leader um, for the rest of the team. So for me, like, that's the kind of thing that, um, that's an intangible that doesn't show up on the score sheet. And I actually, you know, I, I got to redeem myself here a little bit because I had called out his play uh, after the the first few games saying that I think he needs to find another gear and get back to what he was doing last year. And he looked a little better tonight, definitely. And yeah, it's that- funny because I, I think I'd agree with that. I'd agree with Timmy needing Big to time. be a bit, bit better. But then you, you look at it and they're both basically at, if not better. Yeah, than- they're producing. They're producing, yeah. I mean, which is m- more than you can say for – half the other guys so yeah it's really really unfortunate uh Pels, you got any thoughts on uh on Claude Giroux? yeah i would agree martian this was probably g's best game so far and sure he's been quietly producing but this was one of those games where they need to find a leader and they needed someone to kind of pick them up and the broadcast showed multiple times like drew was the guy on the bench uh, really getting things going and uh I-, I thought this was the bounce back performance we needed from drew it was and hopefully that continues against pittsburgh a team that he's had a long more than a decade rivalry with going back to some epic playoff series against said i'm gonna go with Eunice Corpusallo. Somebody had to. And of course, being sent central standouts, I'm going with Corpusallo. I could have just as easily taken a swing at my second opposition goalie. I tried <laughs> to Uso a couple of games ago, but obviously Sorokin was fantastic. But Corpusallo, what I liked about him is even though he gave up an early goal and then frankly looked pretty poor on the next few shots, had a lot of rebound issues early in the game. He settled in. He made some huge stops, and he's so acrobatic, and he's able to get post-to-post post so well. There were a couple plays uh, in particular that I want to highlight where uh, where he made you know sliding saves, and uh, I just thought that he, he looked fantastic in this game. And uh, to go up head, head-to-head against Sorokin when he's playing his best can be intimidating, I'm sure, but uh, I thought Corpusalo was great tonight. 35 saves on 38 shots in this one, and when you look at, uh, at his five-on-five game, uh, as well he was uh, he was every bit as good um so i thought he held him in the game and and he is deserving of the third cent central standout tonight yeah, yeah that's right yeah um this was another game where i'm not putting this on the on the goalie uh i would agree ross one thing with corpusallo is he does give up a lot of rebounds, but I feel like he's one of those goalies that gets likes to play down low a lot. And sure, maybe he's able to get the save, but it, when you're playing down low like that, you're going to – a lot more pucks bouncing off the pillows and uh, you're leaving more rebounds out there. But in that case, the defense has to be aware of that and be better at clearing out the front of the net. Like that first goal, I thought Corpy made a good save, but uh, the defensive structure let him out to dry, unfortunately. And – 
I, I really thought his gloves looking better. The only other knock I have on Corpus Allo is, man, I, I continue my stance of not wanting this guy to play the puck. He scares me. And he is, I don't know, like, Martin, do you notice this too? He's one of those goalies that unnecessarily tries to keep the play going. Like, there was yeah. two, three times in this game where Corpy catches it, and you're like, okay, nice. Just said, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Like, He's all about running that, throw that away. He's all about running that clock out, baby. I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah, no, I, I did notice that, Bilzy, because he did it a few times where he just, like, dropped the puck and started playing it. Where I'm like, what are you doing out here? Just freeze it. Let's just get the line change going. But no, he likes to keep it moving out there. And I love his little, I don't know if I've mentioned this before on the pod, but the um, the front tuck that he does in his pants where he tucks his jersey in the front and you have like, yeah, it looks like he's wearing a big diaper. I think that's so funny. <laughs> to do that. Oh my goodness. Sends lose three, two to the New York Islanders. They get goals from Jacob Chikrin, his fourth of the season and Claude Giroux, his second in reverse order. The Giroux goal assists go to Tim Stutzla and Josh Norris. The Chikrin goal assisted by Rourke Chartier and Parker Kelly, Noah Dobson scores the game winner with six minutes in, six minutes in to the third period. The Senators battle. They even got a chance in the dying moments, but were unable to get the victory. We'll have more on this game tomorrow on the Locked On Senators podcast, a reaction podcast that should be out pretty early in the morning. We'll also get you set up with a weekend preview. The Senators will be in Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins Saturday night. Oh, hope everyone has a great night. Again, the postcast is brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. Great people, amazing food, and it's also in the heart of the Glebe. They're big Sens fans just like you, so make sure you get the tickets to the Sens Shuttle. $17 round trip. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Piller and at Laleem's Martian. Stick around if you're live in the chat. Well, you're going to do some quick after dark. If you're listening to this, you want to hear more, head to YouTube, where you can like, subscribe, and watch the bonus coverage of the Locked On Senators podcast. This has been the postcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.